Today at the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW review and the big dog collar match between Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship match. Plus, we're going to go to the G1 Climax, still going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. A lot of interesting stuff happening. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And today we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite Review. Plus, we're going to go through the New Japan G1 Climax and the blocks and what is going on. Some deception between, or animosity should I say, between Bullet Club members. But we will be talking about it through the show. So, first of all, I want to thank all my... Um, supporters that has been listening to my podcast through either you know apple spotify google and many major podcasts audio podcasts at that and you know i I will i'm just like overwhelmed with all the gratitude that uh, i've been receiving and especially um i want to thank the guys from unhinged sports network for bringing me in into the family and of course you guys could check that out on www.unhitchsn.com There's plenty of other podcasts in there Not just my wrestling podcast You got podcasts of golf, baseball, basketball, uh, MMA You got the Green Eye Gallery You got the J-Dash Morning Show You have uh, <clears throat> the Jeff Flow MMA And plenty of other guys So you guys could go to the unhitchsn.com And you could go and click on the logos and you can check them out anytime you want. So, let's start off, first of all, with the AEW Dynamite Review. Well, it was the 30-year anniversary of Chris Jericho in professional wrestling. So, that was cool to see. Um, so, let's start off with what happened um, the first match of the night, which it was... The FTW title match. And if you guys don't know what the FTW is, is a the FTW title was created by Taz back in the early or actually mid-90s, late 90s actually ECW. That title was never sanctioned by any promotion. It was a title that Taz made up and he gave it to Brian Cage about a couple of weeks before um, his big match with John Moxley. Um, so... He was defending his title against Will Hobbs. And Will Hobbs, I mean, the fact that they brought him up into the to the dynamite shows that how high in regards they think of him. And he did pretty well in the Casino Royale. And he pretty much showed everybody what he's made of. So um, his match with Brian Cage, Brian Cage pretty much dominated him in the beginning of the match. Uh, Ryan Cage keeps impressing me over and over again. I mean, I've been following Brian Cage since Lucha Underground days, and this guy could do a standing moonsault 
I mean, and the guy weighs probably 275. I mean, he's jacked up. So you think about a guy like that that is um, who's going to do stuff like that. You're going to be amazed, you know. Um, Will Hobbs, in this match, he showed me that he's still green. Um, I mean, he did pretty well. He got a beautiful uh, butt Sawyer power slam-like. Um, but that's going to, you know, he's going to keep improving as time goes by. And um, and it'll be cool to see him, you know, grow from, you know, wrestling these guys and all that. But again, Brian Cage is a beast and he's going to do, you know, whatever he could, you know, to beat you. Um, so the two big boys were hitting each other hard. Uh, Hobbs almost pinned Brian when he hit him with a spine buster. And that was like the second spine buster that he hit him with he almost pinned him but then will did the mistake of going to the top rope and trying to do a frog slash that he missed completely and brian case of course took advantage of that situation and then grabbed will hobbs and spike power drive him into the mat for the win after that match you saw that ricky starks went into the ring now mind you that ricky stark was with taz in the commentary area because um, he was there with Taz. Taz was doing commentary. And Taz told Ricky Starr, don't, don't touch him. Don't do anything. He gave Will Hobbs uh, an option. He said, you did pretty well. You're good. You showed me. You impressed me. Whatever. But we're going to give you two options. One, you could join Team Taz. And, you know, that will be a privilege. Or two, if you don't join Team Taz, you don't get your your butt whooped. I don't know where came Darby Allen with his skateboard. The heels ran off. At that point, I seen that Brian Cage and Ricky Stars left very, very, so quick. So I think, well, Will Hobbs is going to turn on him. But nothing really happened. So we'll see what happens as the weeks continue and uh, we figure out what happens. Uh, so through the night, like I say, it was uh, Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary show of him being in professional wrestling. So you had all these celebrities, uh, rockers, TV personalities, even a wrestler that I did not expect to pop out. It was no other than New Japan's ace, Hiroshi Tadahashi, giving him his blessing and his congratulations for being 30th anniversary. Now... Any kind of weird that a week ago they let Howard manage go New Japan, and all of a sudden now you got Hiroshi Tadahashi, the face of New Japan, in an AEW show congratulating Chris Jericho on his 30 year anniversary, and and it's it's crazy because now everybody's talking about oh is New Japan going to work with AEW? Now a couple of months ago, or I say nine months ago, I'm came up. Uh, with a podcast talking about New Japan and AEW working together along with Ring of Honor and NWA. And the reason I brought that up was because at that time, Marty Scroll had signed a big contract with Ring of Honor and he was the head booker. Now, Marty Scroll has not been seen. The villain has disappeared from the face of the earth after the Speak Out movement. So now all of a sudden we see that the president for New Japan has left and now there's possibilities that... Um, New Japan and AEW may have something to work. I will be talking about that this weekend. So you guys got to stick around to see uh, about that. So that's going to be very, very interesting. 
Uh, the next match was the AEW Tag Team Title Match between TH2 versus FTR. Now, very, very uh, surprised that TH2 got a title shot, being that TH2 has not wrestled uh, maybe one match since they came back because Zach Evans was out, um, out with uh, a broken jaw. So it was very surprising to see that FTR gave uh, the TH2 a chance, uh, uh, how to say, uh, 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 a brace with greatness, a brush with greatness. That's the name of it. So in this uh, brush with greatness, instead of a 16-minute title match, is 20. Uh, so um, TH2 came out of the gate very quickly, uh, had FTR off. You know, off the um, off balance, and Jack Evans, you know, being the high flyer that he is, was trying uh, pretty much make it complicated for FTR to wrestle them because FTR is a ground and pound. They'll take one specific body part and work on it throughout the whole night. So when TH2 came out, they had FTR out of balance, but it wasn't until Tully Blanchard. Distracted the referee. Jack Evans was on the top row, and Dax went and pulled um, Jack Evans off the top rope. Now Jack Evans has hurt himself when he jumped off the top rope onto the outside and landed kind of awkwardly on the mat. I don't know what it is with the mats in AEW, but they're too too cushy, and when guys land, they don't land flat. So. The, the, the ankles roll over, whatever. But, again, like I said, FTR worked on one body part, and they were working on Jack Evans' leg. At one point, Dax went, um, Hardwood went and grabbed Jack uh, Evans' leg and, and slammed it against the barricade outside. So they were working on that through through most of the match. It wasn't until Angelico came in, uh, got the hat tag, and did his moves and caught both FTR and some submission moves at the same time because Angelico is a very uh, Lucha Libre style uh, wrestler. So he'll put you in all types of submission. But it, it was a good match until where here's where we, we, we had the problem. Well, actually, the TH2 had the problem because Jack Evans was uh, hurt. He tried to do something in the corner. I think he was trying to do a 450 splash without he missed and smacked uh, Dax Hardwood in the face with his foot. And I was like, wow, it was like a botch. So, but at the end, again, FTR working on one body part, and that was the leg. And uh, Hardwood went and did a suplex from the top rope. And then Wheeler jumped from a frog splash to pin him and beat uh, um, TH2. So during the match, we saw that. Um, the Young Bucks were looking in the back. They were, it was a little jab at WWE because if you think about it, WWE always had people looking in the back in the TV screen when there's a wrestling match. So they did something kind of that. And then when the match was over, they looked at the cameraman and said, oh, you spying on us? And they super kicked the cameraman. Right after that, then you see a big screen. You see the AEW Tag Team Champions in a wiener suit. And all of a sudden, best friend came out. They had the shirts with the wiener on. And I'm like saying to myself, okay, this is not funny. Why are they even doing that? It was just, I think they were taking a shot 
at them because what WWE was planning to do with FTR turn them into pirates. Arr, you know, and so they're doing the same thing. And I, I didn't think I'd find that funny, but at this at the end, pretty much uh, Chuck Taylor told the FTR that they just bump into Tony Khan in the back, and that Tony Khan has given them a title shot for next week at the anniversary show. So then after that, they just started going at it, wailing at each other. FTR retreated. Uh, best friend had their belts, but then FTR um, took the belts, and that was it. So right now, as it looked like, it's just nonsense. Um, but it'll be a good match because um, best friends, even though they look comedian, they could wrestle. They could wrestle, and especially Chuck Taylor. He's one guy that he comes with motor, uh, animated moves. And, and, and you don't know if he's coming at you or comedy side or he's going to come and hit you with something you've never seen. So best friend, uh, they, they're going to give FTR a run for the money. Even though FTR, they're probably going to do the, whatever that, the way, the methodical style, jump on one part, work on it. And I'm sure for, I am so sure that the Wong's going to get the most beating it's going to be Trent because Trent be taking the most outrageous bumps sometimes. And um, it's, it's, it's part of that tag team. It's, it's, that's the way they are. They, Trent is the one who takes the most punishment. Um, Chuck Taylor is more the guy who gets the hot tag, come in, do what he's do. But, <clears throat> but Tully Blanchard is the main ingredient in that tag team because right now with them having Tully Blanchard in the corner, who's going to beat them? I don't see anybody beating them. You know what I'm saying? And again, it looks like they're teasing the Young Bucks versus FTR probably for full gear. But we'll see. Because once they beat everybody, the only one's going to be left is the Young Bucks. And we're definitely going to be seeing that happening very soon. So we'll be right back after this. And we're back. So the data, you know. MJF did a promo about congratulating Chris Jericho's 30 year in the business. Uh, and pretty much it was just him saying when he first met Jericho and how he pointed his finger at Jericho on his chest and all this stuff. But the, I was trying to find out what is he going to do because the whole situation that happened last week when he entered the Inner Circle's locker room. And he keeps saying, do they want him to be part of the Inner Circle? But he did mention during this promo that he may come out during the night, which was the main event match. So that was very interesting because I was like, okay, let's see what's going to happen if he's going to pop out, you know. So the next match was the TNT Championship match. Now, the championship match with door collar match stipulation. So I got a lot of beef about this match. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, the door collar that they had, it was not a door collar like the ones I seen in professional wrestling. They had regular belts, and it looked like they taped up some spongy or some type of thread material on it, so they did not have markings from the belt or whatever the hell it was. Now they had this long chain and whatnot. So, let me put it this way. So, right there, 
to me, that was a problem. Right there, I'm like, okay, they're trying to bring back the old school wrestling, dog collar. Why these dog collars don't look like they're supposed to? Like a dog's collar, not a belt with some material on top of it. So there's no markings. As the match started, oh, yeah, the match before the match started, R. Anderson was with Cody, which we haven't seen him since the attack uh, after the match with Brody beat Cody. And it was something for me to say, okay, so Arn Anderson is in his corner. Brandy came out, of course. Brandy has to come out because, you know, she needs the attention. And all of a sudden, you see Brody Lee comes out. He comes with Anna Jay. He comes out with John Silver. And it looked like Cody was scared. He had the scared look in his face. And I was like, okay, this don't make no sense. So the match started. John Silver stood by the edge of the ring. They didn't step down. And Cody went and took him out. And when Cody hit him with the chain, he busted him open. So now John Silver is bleeding. Brody Lee attacks Cody. He's concerned about John Silver. Fine. So now he's beating him. He's beating him with the with the chain. There. He's doing everything cut. He's throwing him around. All of a sudden, Brody Lee decides that, tell John Silver, okay, I want you to sit here and don't move. Next thing you know, Cody comes out of nowhere and drop kicks John Silver. He lands on the, uh, on the barricade with the chair, still bleeding, whatever. Brody attacks Cody. Brody decides that he wants to go and grab the timekeeper's belt, throws the belt away, pulls the table on the edge of the ring. So now he's ready to put Cody through the, through, through the table. So, so as the master drags, you know, Brody Lee decides to DDT Cody on the chain. Now Cody's busted open. There's blood everywhere. Fine. Cody took advantage. We did a Russian leg sweep with the chain. Then Cody went and diamond cut Brody outside. Cody then decided to power drive Brody on the table that Brody put on the edge of the ring. Now he pulls him through the table. Brody lands head first on the chain. Brody's body lands on Cody who gets hurt. So it was just a mess. Then Cody brings him Brody into the ring. He started whipping him with the chain. Afterwards, Brody got back up and started beating on Cody. All of a sudden... Brody starts trash talking to our Anderson. Anderson gets pissed off. He comes in the ring. All of a sudden, you see Alex Reynolds come from the back. And he gets spine busted for his troubles. So when he turns around, Brody leaves, punches our Anderson in the stomach. Cody goes berserk. He goes, starts wrapping the chain around Cody's face. I mean, about Brody's face. And then he cross-rolled him. But Brody got up. And the one count. And it was just like some devious stuff. I was like, oh, wow. It was a brutal match. Uh, Brody uh, went and then suplexed um, Cody on his head. And I was like, oh, my God. He's hurt. But then Cody got back up and he wrapped the chain around Brody's eye, Brody's nose, Brody's mouth. Went and cross-rolled him again. And he becomes... The TNT champion after pinning uh, Brody Lee in a match. Now, I wasn't too happy with the ending of this match because I didn't want Cody to win. I don't think Cody needs this TNT title. 
he should just start making it's been almost a year since he got the title shot for the AEW title Moxley's still the champion okay I mean granted that Jericho said he will never get another title shot if he loses but it's been a year let's move on with this why are you giving Cody back the TNT title it makes no sense when Brody beat Cody in 3 minutes and 17 seconds back in August 22nd so he comes and gets into the ring into a worse, uh, very dangerous match, and he beats him. I don't know who came up with this match, but it does not make no sense in the logic, you know, logic point. So now, after the match, another thing I have an issue with is that if you're going to have a match where people are going to get bladed, Cody looked like he was never bleeding. So uh, I was still like, Saying to myself, okay, I don't understand what's going on. And then he cut a promo where he sounded like he's not going to be a heel. So he's not going to be part of the Four Horsemen. If they're ever going to be a Four Horsemen. Because they keep teasing it and it hasn't happened. Then to top it off. He says he's going to defend the belt on the following weeks on the anniversary show. And who comes out of the back? No other than Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy uh, is now the number one contender for the TNT title. And he's going to face Cody next week. Again, the whole Nightmare family came out. Dustin Rose, Brandy, all of them. And I'm like, this this is just, I don't know. It's like turning me off. Because it's like, it, whoever's running this thing, whatever, doesn't make no sense. For Why does Cody need the TNT belt? He doesn't need a TNT belt. You know what I'm saying? And they got to do something with that TNT belt. That TNT belt is just not... It looks like a toy. Still, even though it got the gold plates, whatever, it still looks like a toy. It looks cheap. Is it me? Am I the only one who thinks of that? Because it looks cheap. You know? I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. So, they went and started promoting the AEW World Championship, uh, World Championship Tournament where you're going to have... a. I think it's eight guys are going to wrestle. Uh, they announced that Warlow and Warlow, Hammond Page is going to be part of that. Now, last week, Hammond Page was in the in the uh, commentator's booth watching the FTR match. And he was talking about how he still think him and Omega are tag team, cha- uh, tag team partners, whatever. Then Excalibur, after the FTR match was over, Excalibur decided to promote the AEW World Championship Tournament to be the person who becomes the number one contender. They mentioned that Kenny Omega had decided to be one of the first contestants for that tournament. Hangman Page was not happy about it. So, this week they announced that Hangman Page is now part of that block. Part of the tournament, actually. So, which pretty much shows that they you already know there's going to be some type of animosity or they're going to have a confrontation somewhere down in full gear. So, that means that these guys are going to be in different blocks and they're going to wrestle each other for the number one contendership. And being that Hagman Page is known for causing people number one contention spots, it could be that Omega may be him in full gear. 
And then when it's time for Omega to get his world title shot, whatever that may be, he's going to interfere. I see it happening. It could happen. But as you also, guys, if you haven't noticed, the BTE series, um, you see that Brandon Cutler is trying to make peace for Hammond Page with the um, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. But this week you saw Hammond and Page talking about to Brendan Cutler that once you start getting better, they're not going to care about you. So it looks like this is a story where you're probably going to see where the elite are going to get back together. That's 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 going to come because Kenny Omega right now is the cleaner character is coming back because when he was then uh interview after the introduction of the tournament where Hammond Page was introduced that he was going to be part of it Omega kept saying I don't care if there's a cowboy I don't care if Adam Page is in it and whatever so they give you small doses of the cleaner little by little little by little they're not going to give you a bunch of it right away so I'm seeing stuff that it looks like Omega is going to be um, it's going to go back to his old way. I mean, the same thing with the BTE. You saw the BTE episode this week, if you saw it, was being in the being the Elite, where the Young Bucks were texting somebody, claiming we're going to go back to the old ways, way was the way it was back then. And back then, they were obnoxious. They would do anything. They super kick everybody. So, um, that right there shows you there's going to be a bigger storyline, but they're giving you in small doses. And me being a guy that I want everything in one shot, um, it kind of like stresses me out. But I got to understand that it's uh, long-term storylines. And I got to take it short, you know, little short doses of it. Because, I mean, we, we, we you know, if we want it right away, it's not going to, it's going to be there for one month or two and then it's gone. And then now what? You got to make another story. Uh, you got to create another story. So... Hold on one second here. Then we had the Big Swole versus Shayna Deeps and people. The AEW Women's Division still not being fixed like they're supposed to be. And I tell you that because, I mean, not that the match was bad, Big Swole versus Shayna Deep, but we saw as clear as day. As Big Swole uh, was having issues with Shayna Deep. Shayna Deep was giving, was giving her a wrestling clinic. Doing a lot of submission moves. And had Big Swole like all over the place. And and that got to show you. Shayna Deep, of course, she was part of the CM Punk uh, Social Society. Whatever it was back then. It was a former NXT coach. Before she got let go in April. 15 by WWE but and then you see Big Swole who's all hype but yes she you know she wrestles strong style and she got the look she has the look but when it comes to the wrestling part she still got a lot of work to do I mean even though Big Swole ended up defeating Shayna Deeves with some strong style strikes and ended up pinning her that alone right there showed me that Big Swole is not ready for the big time and again, what's going on with this women's division? You know, you still got the Amante. You still got Ivelisse, even though Ivelisse, you know, I hear she has 
attitude problems in the back with her and Thunder Roses went when um um you know added at a match where she was not selling to Thunder Rosa. Uh Hiroki Shida has not been seen for the last couple of day a uh, couple of weeks. Um you have to do something. And then top it off, Nyla Rose introduced Vicky Guerrero as a manager. And when was the last time you saw Nyla Rose in the ring? She hasn't been seen. And they, they, they're too focused on a tag team division. And even though AEW did say that, that the main thing was going to be tag team division. But I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're just like, all of a sudden, now you're trying to put MJF in the inner circle. You're still playing around with this Kenny Omega and him at pace. And it's just, I don't know. Ah. I really don't know. It's got me bugging out, and I don't know what to do anymore. You know, so we'll see. But uh, just, just I guess you got to keep watching it, and you know, what is it? We'll be right back after this, and we're back. So we're gonna go now to the main event. But before the main event happened, we saw that John Mosley did a promo. And as I said before, and I talked about how Hiroki Tadahashi popped out in uh, last night's AEW Dynamite show to uh, congratulate Chris Jericho. When John Mosley promo came out, they showed pictures of his match with Lance Archer in Japan this past January Wrestle Kingdom. Which I find it very odd because supposedly AEW didn't want to do nothing in New Japan, but yet they let Jericho went out there and for Hiroshi Tadahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. John Mosley is the IWGP United States Champion out there still at this point. And, but who did he took it from? No other than Lance Archer. So they show pictures of them wrestling match back in Wrestle Kingdom when um, John Mosley beat Lance Archer for the U.S. title, the Japanese version, and you know. Um, which made it even better because now there's meaning to it. And this is a, a way to pretty much is telling us that there is, again, a possibility that New Japan may have a working relationship with AEW. And again, I'm gonna be talk, I don't want to talk about it tonight, but I will be talking about it during the weekend. I might even do a video on that on my YouTube channel, this, uh, maybe tomorrow or maybe this weekend. But... Um, you know, it's it's good because that means it shows you the history. There's a history between these two guys. This is not just, you know, they just all of a sudden now, um, you know, uh, we have Moxley and Lance Archer wrestling, but there's, they're going to make pretend that there's no background be, because why these guys don't like each other. They should do the same thing with the Kenny Omega and Hammond Page. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why? Well, what are you talking about? Well, if you guys remember back in January of 2018, before the whole Bullet Club fiasco, where you saw the Bullet Club is fine, when um, Cody turned on Omega, and during that 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 event, Kenny Omega lost the United States title, that same IWGP US title that Moxley holds, lost the belt to Jay White, the leader of Bullet Club, right, and. After the match, Hangman Page went into the ring, and 
pretty much told us, I'm telling you, you for the U.S. title. I'm the next guy in line. And Omega was like, no, no, that's not going to happen. He took the bill away from um, Hangman, gave it back to Jay White, and then the rest is history. But at that time, um, Mr. Hangman Page uh, was backing Cody Rhodes. He was not with Omega. So they should do something like that if they ever, if Omega and and uh, Paige ever get to wrestle. And that would be cool. But anyway, Moxley pretty much told Lance Archer that if you want the title, you're going to have to kill him. And he said, like you said, everybody has to die. So that pretty much right there shows you that that's what is going to happen. Um, so I'm looking forward to that world title match next week. Which will definitely um, set up everything. Last but not least, they have the main event, which it was Chaos Project, which is Luther and Serpentico versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Um, the history between they, these two gentlemen, Luther and Jericho, goes back to Japan when Luther was out there wrestling and FMW and War and all those promotions. Um, they mentioned how Luther and Ultimo Dragon teamed up together to fight Lance Storm and Chris Jericho well, that were in Japan. Last time Luther and Jericho wrestled was back in 1996 and this was a couple of months before Jericho went to WCW. He already had went to Smoky Mountain to CMML, um, ECW. He was everywhere before he showed up at WCW. So give you a little brief history of these guys. Serpentico, they talked about him being a wrestler who's been in the business for 18 years, wrestling in Puerto Rico. Um, so that was cool. They actually gave you a little brief history in these two. Serpentico and Luther were giving Chris Jericho a hard time. Jericho decided to turn it around once he hit the lion. So on Serpentico, he tags in Jake Hager. Serpentico tags Luther. Luther and Hager start going at it, and it wasn't until... Um, Hager hit a belly to belly to Luther that he controlled Luther but it looked like Serpentico and Luther were giving they were beating the crap out of Jake Hager and I mean and Serpentico was not scared and Hager is like a monster next to this guy um, so to make it sure it was a short match Sammy Guevara again uh, this is why I keep saying he's going to be the odd man out because he nearly cost Jericho and Hager the match he threw it in the bat that Jericho carries, and Luther grabbed it, hit Jericho with it, but Jericho got saved by Jake Hager. I mean, at the end, uh, Luther got caught by the Judas Effect from Chris Jericho, and that was the end of the match. So, pretty much, this show, um, I cannot say that it was great, and I can't say it was bad. It was average. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's me because I'm old school. And I'm, if you're going to bring an old school match into the mix, make it look like it was back in the days. I was looking forward to this dark collar match. And again, like I said, I wasn't expecting. I didn't want Cody to win that belt. Because I feel the logic of the story. He lost to... Brody Lee, 3 minutes and 17 seconds. But goes, comes back in a dog collar match 
at Beatum. Um, yes, there was interference by R. Anderson, interference by John Silver. I think John Silver didn't really interfere. He got hit with a with a chain, and Cody just decided to take him out. But overall, it was just it was it was the average show. I mean, I felt like you know they they could have they they could have done much more in a dull collar match. That the, those collars were. Let me put it this way. And during the match, if I don't know if you guys saw it, the chain came off of Brody Lee. The referee had to put it back So, because he didn't have it on. So, again, who came up with this match? Who came up with these dual collars? It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And I, and I couldn't understand it at all. I didn't. So... But overall, we'll see what happens. Next week is the anniversary show. They already got matches set up, which is the John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the AEW World Title. They have FTR versus Best Friend for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Then you have the Cody versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. Um, but we'll see. Let me see how great that show is going to be. Um, but who knows? Since we already in AEW show, we'll we'll see what um how you call it um what they're gonna do with this women's division. I, I mean I I don't get it. They gotta do something about this women's division. One match per show is not good enough. You're not exposing them. So like I said, I'm on the AEW um, subject, and um, I don't know. They every week I'm expecting something big to happen. Now don't get me wrong, I like watching it. But I'm expecting something big, and they're not delivering. That's just me. They're not delivering. So that's just, I don't know. I don't know. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. So now we're going to go to the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Tournament that's been going on the last 12 nights. And almost, it's already almost two weeks. That's It's incredible. But... The brackets are getting very interesting. Um, there were some upsets on night nine. We saw Jeff Cobb defeat Jay White. I never saw that coming, which caught me off guard. Um, then we had night ten. There was two upsets, and the two upsets. One of them was. Let's go back into my notes here. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Okay. Night Sonata upsets. Zack Sabre Jr. And then Tanahashi submitted Kenta. Now, very interesting situation. And before I go into the Kenta situation, now the blocks are getting to put it, getting put together and you're getting to see who's leading, who's not leading. And it's crazy. So let's go to the A block. The A block, you have Kode Bushi with eight. Kasusuko Okada with eight. Now Okada started 0 and 2. This is what I'm talking about. It takes 0 and 2. He has won four in a row since. So he's in it. Jay White. He was 3 and 0. He has six points, but he lost to Jeff Cobb and he lost to Will Osprey. So, but he still got eight. So he's tied up with eight. Will Osprey has eight. So there's four guys leading the bracket with eight. Then you have Minoru Suzuki with six. Suzuki has lost already two matches in a row. Taichi, who won three in a row, 
has lost three in a row. He's stuck in six. Tomohiro Ishii, who was 0-2, has won, um, has won three of his last four matches, and now he's 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Who else? Shingo Takaji, another guy who lost two matches. Uh, I think he lost his first two out of three matches. He's in six. Jeff Cobb only has four. And Yuhiro Takahashi, you can forget about him. The Tokyo Pimp have zero. Another guy who's been underutilized. They're not pushing him. Don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me. But I don't know. In the B block, we saw... Uh, well, actually, in the B blocks, the uh, Tetsuya Naido, the IWGP and the Intercontinental Champion, is with ten. You got Evil, who started with zero and two. He has eight. So that's going to be interesting if Naido and Evil are there in the top brackets. And Naido beat, um, actually, Evil beat Naido for the belts at Dominion, and Naido won it back in some struggles. So they they're down for for a, a rubber match that's gonna happen. Hiroshi Tadahashi, another guy that started 0-2. He has six points. Juice Robinson, who started hot, was one who won two matches in a row. He had four points, and ever since that, he uh, lost um, three of his last four matches. He has six. Zack Sabre Jr. has six. Toriano has six. He had six. He was 3-0. and oh. He lost last three matches. So he's now 3-3. Um, three and three. Hiroki Goto has six. After being embarrassed last week by Saxe Virginia beating him in five minutes. Sonata, who had only two points. He's up to six. Kenta has only four. And Yoshihashi has only two. Yoshihashi has shown a lot of great matches. Has fought crazily. And, but still, he he just, he, he's underrated too. Another guy who I feel has a lot of potential, but they don't push underutilized. And they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So now the tournament is going to continue on Saturday. Uh, with the following A-block matches, they got Tomohiro Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. They got Jay White versus Juhiro Takahashi, which... It's going to be interesting because Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. This has happened already once in the tournament where um, Kenta wrestled Evil, which I'm going to talk about. And that ended up a bad situation. And now you got Takahashi versus Jay White, which is going to be Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. And then you're going to have Will Ospreay versus Taishi. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Minoru Suzuki. Kota Ibushi, he better be ready for Minoru Suzuki because Minoru Suzuki is out to get revenge on everybody. And you get injured in this tournament, and especially when you're tied for eight points, you know, it's, it's, you, you can't afford to be getting hurt, especially with Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki has a lot to gain than to lose because actually... He cannot afford to lose this match. So this is going to be interesting. Because Shusuke Okada against Shingo Takaji. Takaji cannot lose this match. Uh, neither does Okada. So because he has eight points. So the way I'm looking at this bracket. The Ishii and Jeff Cobb match. Jeff Cobb pretty much you could say he's mathematically out. He will have to need to wrestle. Uh, win on the next three matches I guess. For him to be in there. 
Uh, who else? Uh, like I said, you hero, he's mathematically out. He's not gonna go nowhere. So now let's talk about what happened with Kenta. Now Kenta won the New Japan Cup USA in August. Um, he beat Jeff Cobb for it. And he defended. Uh, before I even say about defending. In Japan. In New Japan. When you win a tournament. Let's say for example the G1 Climax. You win the G1 Climax. You get a briefcase. In that briefcase there's a certificate. That certificate determines you have a championship match. But here's the, here's the kicker. The... In the match, in the when you get the certificate, you have to defend that certificate until you get your shot at the world title. So let's say, for example, right now we're in October. Whoever wins this in October 18, we'll have to defend that G1 Climax certificate all the way to Wrestle Kingdom, which is January 4th. So Kenta has something similar to that. He won the New Japan Cup USA. The New Japan Cup USA, you win the briefcase, and in that briefcase is a title shot for the IWGP US title that John Mosley holds. Right? So, Kenta first defense for that certificate was against Jeff Cobb because he beat Jeff Cobb in the finals of that tournament, but he cheated. So, Jeff Cobb went after him. He got a shot, uh, he defended the. The 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 certificate, and I believe somebody interfered, but uh, he ended up beating Jeff Cobb. Now, in this tournament, when you lose to somebody, especially if you're a champion, if you're a champion, if you lose to anyone in that tournament, when the tournament is over and they go back to regular main regular events, your next title shot or the next you defend that title on the. Against the person you lost in the G1 Climax, right? So, being that Kenta has this certificate, he has lost to Juice Robinson. He lost to Evil. He lost to Tadahashi. Uh, who's the other guy he just Oh, he just lost to Sonata. So, now you got four guys that has beaten you in the tournament. Now, your first defense will be with Juice Robinson. So... If you beat Juice Robinson, you get no breather. Because now the next person up against that for you is Evil. Unless Evil is involved in another situation. But Evil will be next. And if you get over Evil, then you got to go against uh, Tadahashi. And if you get over Tadahashi, you get you got to face Sonata. And if you face Sonata, you know. Or Sonata, Sonata may beat uh, um, Naido since he beat Naido in the tournament. And he gets a shot. The next shot at that belt. You see how that works? So, you know, the situation with Kenta is, is crazy. Because this guy won the, the, the New Japan Cup USA. He has the certificate. Fine. But anyway. Last week, Evil Russell Kenta. They're both members of from Bullet Club. Usually when Bullet Clubs gets together and they're ready before the match starts, they do the two sweet and they all... Say too sweet, and they all go away. Well, Kenta threw up the um, the too sweet in a match, saying solidarity, you know, with Bullet Club. So when they went to do the salute, Evil did not uh, too sweet uh, Kenta. He too sweet 
Dick Togo and left Kenta out in the open. Well, you know what happened because I did mention it in my last podcast that Evil uh, beat Kenta by by cheating, but he low blowed um, Kenta uh, and pinned him. When Jay White lost his match against Jeff Cobb in his post interview, he said that he didn't like what Evil did to Kenta in case he think he didn't see what he did. And he pretty much called out Evil. He called out Evil and said, if it wasn't for Bullet Club, you would have never won the New Japan Cup in Japan. If it wasn't for Bullet Club, you would have never beaten Naito. And that is true because Naito, uh, Naito lost the belt in Dominion the day after Evil turned on him and became a Bullet Club member, which was all plot. So when that happened, the dirt sheets were talking about who is the leader of Bullet Club now. Because of the pandemic, you had Jay White in the States, you had uh, the Gorillas of Destiny in the States, you had Kenta in the States, uh, you had Hikaleo in the States, you had Balak Fale in New Zealand. Um, so pretty much all the guys that were in Japan was Ishii, uh, Tashi Ishimori, Yuhiro Takahashi. Ghetto, uh, you know, all the guys that, that, that are always around, you know, it, with, with, uh, with, with Ghetto. So none of the main guys were there. So everybody was asking, who is the leader of Bullet Club? Because Evil won the IWGP belt from Naito. And then to top it off, you know, he started, decided instead of, Wrestle against a big guy. He, Evil decided to put the belt on the line against Hiromo, Taka, uh, Hiromo Takahashi. But Hiromo Takahashi had challenged Naido before the pandemic, before everything closed down. So he was next for that belt. So Evil wrestled um, Takahashi, Hiromo. Well, that time I, he was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And, um, or oh, I think he wasn't, or he was, I don't remember. But that goes to show you that people were already saying, especially Tamatanga in his podcast said that there might be a faction where it's an all-Japanese faction. And again, the gauging, meaning the non-Japanese wrestlers, were not there. So it was the first time you ever saw an all-Japanese bullet club. So are we seeing that happening now? Are we going to see a... Uh, uh, a thing where he's going to have in one side you're going to have Jay White Balak Fale the Gorillas of Destiny uh, and Fantasmo uh, uh, Kenta because Kenta's part of them with them against Evil uh, Ishimori um, you know Ghetto well Ghetto's with Jay White so are we going to see that or is it we're going to see a A block B block we was Jay White versus Evil at the end so, it's, it's a very interesting situation happening in Japan. And this is what I like about Japanese wrestling. Because this is not, you will not see no backstage interviews or no promos. They just, they tell the story in the ring. Not like AEW, more like WWE. Because WWE, when you see a Raw event on Monday, they have 15 minutes talking. And then a wrestling match will start. And then the wrestling match that they put is not a match that you want to see. Like they did this Monday night. You know? 
AEW, they don't do the the fifteen minute promos, but you know they do a lot of tag teams. Well, they haven't done it in two weeks in a row, which I was surprised. No, there was no tag team this week either. But J- Japan is all business. You come in into the ring, you get introduced. The, your opponent come in and gets introduced, and that's your match. And the match starts, and it's 25, 30 minute match, and you beat the crap out of each other. Strong style, like the way it's supposed to be. But we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. This, this G1 climax is getting very, very interesting as the time goes by. So that is it for us over here. It's been a long one. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And again, you know, like I said, uh, you can find me in the Unhinged Sport Network. That's unhingedsn.com. You can find me there. You can find me in, in any major audio podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, uh, Popbeam, any, you can find me everywhere. If you want more information about me, you go to the YouTube uh, YouTube channel called the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. That's the Chokeslam, one word, Wrestling Report. And you go and subscribe to my channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell to get new uploads. Um, check the, the links on top. You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, what else? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Especially Twitter. I, I want to give a shout out to everybody from Twitter who's been showing me mad love. And, you know, you can't ask for anything better. But until then, guys. This weekend, I will be talking about the New Japan and AEW possibility of working relationship. We'll have some NXT. Um, Finn Balor, um, his jaw broken in two places. Not good. May have to uh, relinquish the NXT belt. That's the second time this man has had a belt and he has to give it up for an injury. Uh, we're going to talk WWE. We'll talk about Ring of Honor. I'm sure this that tournament is still going on. And more New Japan. And the G1 Climax. It's getting interesting, guys. Can't miss it. Can't miss my podcast. So I follow this and many more stuff. Until then, guys, be safe. Wear that mask and stay safe and good night.